0: Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio.
1: Indeed, and happy Friday.
0: Yeah, happy Friday indeed, and uh, to you as well. So I want to start out. We're going to actually get to our points today. Uh-huh. <laughs> we we'll are, see. Unlike yesterday, where you just wouldn't stop talking. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk a little bit about this article again. We don't n- normally talk about articles. We like to present to you guys actionable content. But this article is kind of worth uh, pursuing, and then uh, we'll only spend a few minutes on this. But it is fascinating, and uh, this re. Uh, Ramsey versus EXP, uh, and then Inman kind of uh, wrongfully refers to Ramsey's company as a coaching company, which it's not. It's basically, for the sake of uh, the ELP program, it's uh, a lead selling company. We t- again, we talked about this yesterday. But anyway, Inman comes around, they're, you know, figures this whole story out. They're writing this article. It's basically what we talked to you guys about yesterday. There's no real new information as far as the who's and the what's and the why's. But I will tell you what really is surprising to me as I read this article um, is that Dave Ramsey? And I already knew this, obviously, but they just summarily said we're not doing business with EXP agents anymore. Not e- EXP did not have any sort of enterprise corporate level relationship with Dave Ramsey. Dave basically decided to just sort of uh, get rid of his uh, his I'm sorry his EXP agents, um, no matter how well they've been performing as an ELP. And this obviously it seems to be really bizarre. I mean, why would he just summarily? Uh, get rid of all the EXP agents that are even the most successful in his ELP program, if his whole point of his uh, ELP program is to provide the best service for his radio listeners and his book purchasers and all the people that follow his advice. I mean, ultimately, when you – and it's fascinating, again, as you read this article, especially the comments uh, on Inman – Uh, it's really fascinating how far out of integrity a lot of agents are perceiving Dave Ramsey to be, um, especially when it's rooted back to his Christian values um, that he definitely leads with. And again, if you haven't read this article, definitely read it. It's called Ramsey versus EXP. But I'll tell you the real punchline here is there's, uh, it looks like there was only a couple hundred, maybe, maybe 300 maximum uh, EXP agents that were part of the ELP program of, you know, 57,000 uh, EXP agents. So this really is just barely a blip on the radar, but really I enjoyed reading. And I I was, uh, I was honestly proud of all the agents that were commenting and the agents that were interviewed. And it was agents from all different brokerages. There's agents from all different brands. It wasn't just a bunch of EXP agents piling on uh, trying to defend EXP. It wasn't even that at all. What I really liked was the, were the, uh, the comments. I mean, reading, I'm just perusing this now. Julie hasn't read this article yet, but you know, Matt Thompson and Cheryl and uh, John, John Davidson and and all these other people—they were all basically saying, "Well, that's what you get for buying leads." In essence, I mean, they weren't saying it that harshly, but the reality of it is—is they are all talking about the fact that you know buying leads is ultimately going to lead to your to your doom because boom, all of a sudden your rug is pulled out from underneath you, just like what is happening uh, to you know what Dave Ramsey is now doing to evidently to a handful really in the scheme of things, exp agents, and I think that really. I the the part of me that makes me uh, proud and optimistic is that there's this many agents now that have come around to the realization in a meaningful way that buying leads is really an asinine pursuit if you're really truly trying to pursue or trying to build a um a long a real business really and buying leads and from Dave Ramsey is buying leads period.
1: Well, this is a cautionary tale at the end of the day. Right? Exactly. I mean, this is a very clear demonstration of the possibility of the rules being changed and you're out. That's it. It's not up to you. There was no letter sent out. There was no email sent out. There was no, by the way, we're changing the rules on you. It just happened. And the, this is not something that can be isolated to Ramsey. Any of those online lead buying pro- platforms can and have done that.
0: Right. And that, and this is, again, this is a very public display, validating really in a lot of ways. And, you know, again, a very public way. What you and I basically talk about every single day on this exactly. podcast, if you're in our book and everything we've always done in our entire careers um and let's just be really clear about this because people love to pigeonhole and take julie and i out of context we are not against buying leads necessarily we're not against branding and marketing necessarily but having those as your primary spokes on your lead generation wheel is really really dumb and and that's really the bottom line there's no why why try to be nice about it if you're not if your primary spokes on your lead generation wheel are Aren't proactive? Aren't based on proactive lead generation? You're going to suffer the same fate of other agents who basically are beholden to having you know mama bird constantly shove worms down their beaks. And so, Julie, before mm-hmm. we get to our points, let's yes. for the new listeners because mm-hmm. we have tens of thousands of sure. people that listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, a podcast will get fifty thousand listens in a day, and we're listened to in sixty-one different countries. And I, we have to never allow ourselves to be complacent, remembering that we have a lot of new agents that listen this to us every true. day. New agents, period. But new agents to us. Yes. So when I say spokes in the wheel, can you explain that analogy? Yes,
1: absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because this is a perceived spoke in the wheel. Spokes in the wheel. Think about a bicycle wheel, right? You're putting together your new bike and you decide, you know, you've, you've put together bikes before so you can put a wheel together and you've got most of the parts, but really you've only got two spokes, right? So you're going down the road, you've got two spokes in your wheel, you hit a bump, a pothole, a rock, you wipe out, right? So your spokes in the wheel in real estate are your different avenues of lead generation. Let's say instead you were very careful about putting your bike together and you had about seven or eight spokes. In other words, everything that came in the box that makes your bike able to go over any rock, any pothole at any speed. Then you go over a rock, you don't even feel it. You don't feel the bump. You don't feel a change in the market. You don't feel anything like that. So you need multiple spokes in your wheel. And I'm going to demonstrate this with a call I just got off with Chris in Chicago, Okay, one of our great... Coaching members, Chris and I went over, as we do with all of our coaching clients, the sources of business, right? Every quarter, where did your deals come from? As a coach, I'm looking for multiple sources. To make sure that you're not at risk of being a one spoke wonder. And okay?
0: sources oftentimes the best ones are the ones that overlay each other. Yes. Like when we indeed. have people that join that will join our coaching program, generally speaking, we'll ask you guys why you joined our coaching program or where did you hear about us? It's very rarely one reason. It's mm. I've been listening to them for years on the podcast, I bought their book, I listened to their book last week. Um, I you know, know somebody
1: in your coaching program. A
0: lot of reasons. And they overlay. You know, that's almost and that's how people are going to ultimately make decisions to do business with you as well. So just keep that in mind.
1: Yes, so for example, and Chris is on track this year, he's averaging two to three transactions per month like clockwork, has uh, three that are coming up in pending, and three active listings, very predictable. Okay, because Chris has become a proactive lead generator. His sources are past clients, centers of influence, withdrawns, expireds, and for sale by owners. And then he's got a a smattering of investor deals.
0: So let me hover there. So that is how we would, and now some of you will come to our coaching program And we will uh, essentially reprioritize which spokes we help you build on your wheel first. But did you notice that all of the spokes, what are the common elements of all the spokes Julie just rattled off? They're all proactive. In other words, you're going to generate the lead yourself off after you learn the skill to do it. And two, none of those sources cost you any money. So when you basically, when you follow Julie and I's coaching program, you're going to learn how to generate your own leads based on your own skill set. And you're not going to have to be beholden to some moron that decides to pull the rug from underneath your feet. And No, I'm not Calling Dave Ramsey Amora, and I'm actually a fan. And we also, we oftentimes uh, tell agents to read his books because, you know, fundamentally his financial advice is great. So didn't mean to meander, but the point was is at the end of the day um, you have to have spokes on your wheel. The first spokes you should put on your wheel are going to be the proactively generation ones. There's a whole generation by generation. I mean, almost 20 years, Well, really realistically 14 years. Agents have been learning to do things in the wrong order because there's been such a massive influx of money um, that's entered into the industry. And it's it, it, to uh, money and investors and different companies whose sole purpose is to sell agents leads to, to then to sell CRMs to support and the age lead generation. Addicted to it. right. And agents have who have come into the business really since about two thousand and eight have not been exposed to the reality, the harsh realities of never learning how to be a proactive lead generator. So when you're thinking of your spokes in the wheel, listen to what Julie said, though I don't when you were describing building a wheel, I'd have never bought a bike where I had to it's build a wheel. Was that, it was in the book? Yeah, yeah but I'm just that's saying, okay. I mean, that you're like yeah. describing some sort of a anyway, key, putting your spokes together. Some sort don't of a skip key. A step. Some sort of a situation, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean. exactly. Something like that. <laughs> well, but, I,
1: but so here's the point. So, Chris is an example of somebody who has actively built multiple spokes in his wheel. Why is that important? Because maybe today there aren't any expireds to call. Right. And he's still fine because he has been systematically prospecting past clients and centers of influence. Maybe tomorrow he doesn't get any repeater referral business, but he's got three expires to go after. Exactly. You see? And, and so it, it balances out.
0: Totally. And if your business, let's say, is not uh, built around the prescribed spokes that you and I will suggest. Now, again, just to be clear, we want you to do the proactively generation spokes first because you can control those um, and then, if you choose to, then you can add some of the passive lead generation stuff. But what you'll discover is that n- 99% of the time, after you've gotten good, not even great at the proactive lead generation, you're never going to buy business. You're going to laugh when somebody calls you trying to sell you a lead. And that's what, uh, and unfortunately, I know that there's some agents that are that are uh, hurt because of this ELP thing, which again is, I think. Well, com- they're
1: one spoke wonders or mini spoke wonders. Right. You know? And so, when something like that well, dissolves one, on you,
0: one spoke wonder. If if your only source of business was waiting around for Dave Ramsey's ELP yeah. program to flip you a lead, you are needlessly suffering right now. If your secondary spoke with some other sort of paid lead generation thing, uh, now you're basically going to have to wait to see if that one's going to fail as well, versus the agents that have been coached by Julie and I in our organization to actually learn how to be proactive lead generators. Then your business is not beholden to somebody else's whims and changes in policy, some erroneous yeah. reasons for deciding to get rid of you. Your business is dependent on your ability to drill down stay focused and that is what we teach you how to do in our coaching program because ultimately you want to be independent of being dependent. Your goal is to be free. And to be free, you cannot be dependent on someone else selling you business. A lot of you, hundreds of you are joining our coaching program. If you're interested in joining the coaching program, we've made it very simple for you. It's an incredibly affordable coaching program. Just text the word SUCCESS to 47372. Text the word SUCCESS to 47372. And when you do, you can learn how you can join our coaching program starting at as little as $100 a month. So text the word SUCCESS at 47372 and we'll text you back a link and you can just basically go directly to our website and you can read about the different coaching programs that we offer. The one that all of you should be joining urgently is Premier Coaching. And here's what you're going to experience when you join Premier Coaching. Essentially, the most... clear path forward for you. There's no ambiguity. There's no try this. There's no idea of the month. There's no let's talk about Facebook marketing. There's no uh, let's worry about how to build. Increase your spend. Exactly. There's no uh, let's worry about how to make you really good at making videos for YouTube or making you a YouTube influencer. Nope. We're training you to do the actual work of real estate so you can start doing, having consistent numbers of listings like Chris in Chicago and all of our other thousands of coaching clients and consistent results and consistent income. We're teaching you how to be real business owners who essentially make real profit. And that is essentially the heart and soul of what we teach you guys to do. And by the way, the thing that you lead with is the, I, the mindset of being of service to other people. When you have that prominent mindset, I'm going to be of service to other people, then then what's going to happen is you're going to naturally want to backfill that with a high level skill set so that you can actually fulfill that uh, you know that desire to help other people which is by the way our highest and truest purpose on this planet which you know hopefully all of you guys are in alignment with so that's all i really have to say about the whole dave ramsey thing
1: well, but it's a it's a great example of what can and it has actually happened that they can destroy you know a, a perceived income flow
0: yeah well i mean in some cases it was and yeah. we had a coaching client who mm-hmm. uh actually he he, he Wasn't an active coaching client, Mm -hmm. but we've kept in contact with him. And he had he was making something like seventy five thousand dollars a year net from the Dave Ramsey L P thing. Now he'd been doing the Dave Ramsey thing for a long period of time, and he's gotten good at you know. But he also had uh, he knows how to prospect. So when the like day he knows how to hunt expires and for sale by owners and do right. the real things because he was a coaching client. Mm-hmm. So when this Dave Ramsey thing uh, came out uh, and basically he's an EXP agent, he was like, you know what? This is not so great for me, but I know exactly what I'm going to do. He didn't panic because he had his other spokes he that he spokes. could lean into. Right. That's right. So yeah, if you're, you strength. if you're panicking, this is your wake up call. And hopefully you don't waste too much time. Like we talked about the, uh, you know, the admin article we read to you guys yesterday on paid lead generation. Most of you have no clue that the answer to a paid lead... Most of you think, well, paid lead generation, buying leads, that's bad. Everyone sort of agrees that buying leads are bad. But what do you do instead? You buy leads just doing other things. You buy leads doing your own internet lead generation, building your own funnels. You're still doing the same yeah, there's damn different thing. flavors of this, right?
1: right. I mean, I remember a coaching client that was addicted to one spoke and it had been good for like three or four years. That was relocation leads only from USAA that her broker was feeding her, right? But it was literally the only thing she knew how to do. She had fear and trepidation about doing a, quote, normal listing presentation to anybody that wasn't a direct referral. We saw this with REO agents coming out of the housing crash, where they got so addicted to that one spoke of REOs, then the market changed and they didn't know what the heck to do with themselves.
0: I know. And there were a lot- There's
1: other flavors of this. And
0: there were a lot of agents that were selling thousands of homes per year, making millions of dollars out of the REO thing. On the other end of it, basically, all just went away. And it went away rather suddenly.
1: It did. I remember a lot of coaching calls where it's like, uh, I remember one in particular. This was an agent that had been cranking lots of business. And, and he's like, you know, I've got a competitive listing appointment for a house over a million dollars. I
0: don't know what to do. Julie, do you remember in 2007, really 2008 and 2009, when the real estate market started to really crash, mm-hmm. we had so many big teams and, yes. and really, I'd say medium brokerages that joined our coaching programs. Mm-hmm. And it, every single, these calls were Impossible. They were so depressing, to be honest with you. I remember. Because they had to go through such a deraveling of not just their expenses – uh, but also of their mindset about a business. Like, and you guys, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but there's a very good chance that if you're building a, a big team and adding buyers, agents, and buying leads, do you ever actually take the time and look to see the fact that you're not making any money on the buyer agent sides? Are you actually following your expenses? Many of you are running these margins that are single digits. You're making no money in essence. Well,
1: they're only net in many cases because we've done their ls with them, right? Yep. They're real, the only net they have is off the deals they're doing themselves, which are almost always listings, which they would have done anyway.
0: So again, these are all the types of things that you learn. Uh, Usually most people learn the hard way. For some reason, uh, humans don't like to actually, in many cases, they like to essentially dig in and stay myopic on a, a, a bad idea. And sometimes you have to accept the fact that your business, the model you're using or the plan you're following isn't flexible it's not going to work in a changing market and this is again you could have so many you got to look at, at elon musk calls them uh, threat vectors right you have to look for the things that are outside that can adversely affect your business every single business has threat vectors you know elon musk uh, tesla has threat vectors i mean if elon musk were to go away and go to mars right and no longer run uh, tesla That is a huge threat vector to the value of that company. People would sell the stock like crazy. So that is a weakness in that company that's so dependent on him. Every single business, no matter how big it is, has threat vectors like this, especially if you're a small company. And the biggest threat vector that agents create for themselves, again, is this dependency on buying business. The buying business model is really a dumb idea. You've got to learn how to be a proactive lead generator and once you do you're free you're independent of ever being beholden to the uh, buying leads i know some of you are in great conflict that can i ask you why why is it that you're conflicted about it why is it that you want to just believe that you can just buy your way to uh, a profit why is it that you continue to go down that path get to the root of it it's nine times out of ten it's because you don't know how to do the work Or you're afraid to do the work because you don't want to deal with the emotions that are necessary if you'd become the best version of yourself as a real estate salesperson, which which you should be pursuing. And I am talking about rejection. I am talking about how to be disciplined. I am talking about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level.
1: You know what's funny about that? Aren't those also life skills? Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, so along with the business maturity also comes, you know, being a more advanced human being where you can deal with, you know, just take, for example, being able to to be versatile with different types of transactions instead of only referrals from your friends and family, only people that you hit it off with. Why not be able to help anybody in any situation? You're gonna make more money, you're gonna be a happier individual, you have more opportunity, you can meet or exceed your goals for yourself and your family. Isn't that better than being dependent on somebody maybe feeding you leads.
0: It's important you guys understand. And I'm guessing we're not going to get to our points again. <laughs> but it's important. Monday. It's important. Yeah, it's important you guys understand that Julie and I are not uh, speaking from theory or something we read. Uh, a, we sold a lot of real estate. But I'm going to just give you guys a quick, uh, you know, where our core level education came from. And it came from being really dumb. OK, so I'm going to start out with the good part that I'm going to tell you about the dumb part. Yeah. And the dumb part was all Julie's idea. There we go. All right. So our first year in the business, we we sold over 100 houses. How did we sell over 100 houses? Doing the real work of real estate, doing what we teach in the coaching program. Then Julie and I became, I would say, I was going to say micro famous. But I think in the industry, before the internet, we were fairly famous. Yeah. And we were going to different brokerages. We were associated. Magazine articles. Magazine articles. We were associated with Remax. We wrote this little book that was not even really a book, but we, you know, (laughs) I mean, all these experiences. And we were in our early 20s. And this was over overwhelming, to be honest with you. Prior to selling real estate, Julie and I had gone to college and we had a car cleaning and detailing business, right? That's what we did. And to build the car cleaning and detailing business, what we did starting when we were in high school, Julie and I had been married for 30 years. Uh, starting when we were in high school, we would go out every Friday and Saturday night and we would put little flyers on on cars that are parked in nice restaurants. And we lived in Ohio, so trust me when I tell you, most times it was cold and miserable outside. But we put a little flyer and we'd be strategic in what cars we were flying because we were smart enough to realize that if someone has one nice car, they probably have two or three, which they did.
1: And probably valued detailing as well. Right,
0: but our source of business when we were building that business was to get off our asses and go to really nice restaurants and other places, but primarily restaurants, and we put flyers on cars and we would get calls. And then eventually what happened is the business business essentially became uh, primarily from, we never ran ads. We never did anything. Mm-hmm. And then it became centers of influence and past Repeat clients. And we would get a doctor. The doctor would tell his doctor buddies that, you know, it just was incredible, actually. Well, we learned a lot from that business. But what we really learned from that business, we didn't even realize uh, we were, you know, we it was formidable learning for us. But what we did was we worked our asses off and we had, we ended up having this very nice little detail business. We had a little group of guys that worked for us. Our we, expenses and,
1: were pretty low. Our
0: expense, we were running great margins. I mean, we are, this detail business was very successful. And then Julie and I went to, it was called the executive service. And mm-hmm. Julie and I went to one of our um, clients. His name was Jack Rosselli in Columbus, Ohio. If you guys know who he is, he's I think one of the most amazing business people on planet earth. But we went to Jack and we asked him for his advice about the detailing business. And he basically told us same. Essentially that the detailing business, he he introduced us to what the concept of scale was really, Mm -hmm. you know, there's only so many cars you can do. The more cars you do, the more people you add, the less profit you're going to make, the more expense you're going to have, your margins are going to drop. Then you're going to have all these influxes of different, you know, all these things. So we sat down with him and he gave us a real crash course on why we shouldn't necessarily be doing what we were doing, which was a real eye opener because the business was very successful. Um, and so we, we listened to him and then we signed on his advice for maybe six months. And then we had the epiphany, we should sell real estate. He actually suggested it. So Julie and I decided to get real estate licenses. Okay, fast forward our first year in the business. This I'm telling you guys this story. And by the yeah. way, we are both both English majors at the Ohio State University. No business background is what I'm telling you.
1: No family money, no family, you know, like a bunch of condo complexes or something. Nothing. There's none of that.
0: None no. Well, of that. my mom did have a what? Well, she did have. She had a real estate out. license in the 1970s for That's like six true. months and worked it for Century 21. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she, so she smart. helped us buy our first house and then she quit selling real estate. Well, anyway, so uh, for. First year in the business, what did we do? What we'd done in the detail business, we hustled. And what we, the better thing about the, the uh, you know, real estate was is that you did, like when we put a flyer on a car, it was speculative as to whether that person was going to call us or not. Mm-hmm. But when people put a for sale sign in their front yard, a for sale by owner sign, well, hot damn.
1: I know. Thank <laughs> you, know, that you that for was, you know, raising your hand. I mean, that was
0: so much better than what we've so done much in the past. Better. And so what we did, and we ended up, by the way, we didn't even sell the detailed business. We gave it away to our competitor. Someone we're still friends with, really, yes. and so we gave the business away, and he would ran the business. And I don't know what he ever did, or that I never followed up. Not hardly any of our uh, detail customers, because they were all very wealthy, became real estate clients. Most of them over time, you know, I would say a handful of them over time did. But we did not have any leg up other than our education from having been boots on the ground doing the work as we entered into the real estate business. And what did we do? Of course, we went after the for sale planners and the expireds. Did we have any scripts? Sort of, kind of. What we found around, you know, in the bookshelf at the REMAX office.
1: Yeah. And I would add a third spoke. We did a killer job at open houses.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But we did not have any formal training. We did yeah. not have any coaches. We did not have a broker that put us under his wing. Just quite opposite, <laughs> actually. And Rory Averill, you know. Pay he, your
1: bill on time and don't get
0: that was his two those were his two roles which is great so then basically what we did is we learned to hustle and we sold real estate um and no one we did not go to the office we did not talk to other agents for the most part we started consuming different bits of information remember this is pre-internet we just started listening to howard brenton tapes we started reading shadowed some other agents that were successful we drove to other parts of the country and shadowed other agents we were trying to understand how to build a real estate business But so we were successful. We became, um, I mean, we were on just on different magazine covers. And like I said, we had, we received an, a, um, almost too much attention, too much admiration for our, uh, primal from our feeble, you know, uh, basically almost kid minds because people were all like you know, gushing all of us for having done what we've always done. So like, Oh my gosh, how'd you guys sell so many houses? I remember I can give you so many guys, so many stories, but we didn't know it was remarkable. And truthfully, I still don't really think it's that remarkable because anyone can do it. It's just basically yeah. about the hustle. So we were, uh, we built this business. We were selling lots of houses. We were becoming more and more famous. Howard Britton basically found out about us uh, through a Remax. Howard Britton made Julie and I uh, Howard Britton stars. Now, it didn't happen just like that. There was an intervening, I don't know, year or two. But here's the moral of the story. When we went to the Howard Britain thing, now Howard Britton's business was had nothing to do with proactive lead generation. So here, you know, Julie and I show up this Howard Britain thing, and it's all about. Mar- this is in the '90s, guys. It's all about marketing. It's all about basically buying leads, but just through postcards and doing other things like that. It's all about teams. It's all about branding. It's all about brochures. It's all about all that bullshit. And this is what it was wall to wall, ego marketing, build your team.
1: Lots of look-at-me stuff. This is
0: before Gary it, this is before Gary Keller wrote his book, the The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which by the way, most of the people that helped Gary write that book were Howard Britton people. True. So we thought, oh my gosh, we have finally, you know, we're we part of this really elite group. And it was an elite group. It absolutely was. And in it, its in its prime. a star power was amazing. There was, not, there was maybe 50, maybe 35 stars when we were uh, participating. And we'd go to these incredible conferences. And I remember every year he did this star retreat. And it always happened in January. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to – it was always at the Ritz-Carlton. It was always way too freaking expensive and way too hard to get there. Yes. Yeah. And he, well, we
1: went because it would be warm.
0: Well, not always. I mean, you do them yeah. Telluride sometimes. Well, I but, I mean, you know, we would uh, – we so we would show up and we would, you know, swallow hard when we saw what the hotel room was going to cost and everything. And this was wall-to-wall, uh, nothing other than – Dorado uh, Security is trying to call you. This is – you can take the call. This is wall-to-wall um, – uh, Howard Britton stars and all these Howard Britton stars were all competing right. for the biggest fanciest marketing idea that they could come up with. And so here are Tim and Julie, who were then put on stage and asked to speak about how we sold over 100 houses our first year in the business. And we were saying, well, we you know proactively lead generated. We went after for sale by owners and expireds. And we, you know, we essentially did the real work of real estate. I don't know about this marketing stuff and all this stuff. And so we, did, we were not smart enough, and this is the dumb part, to realize that the advice that we were getting from all those people had nothing to do with what our original mission was, which is to make enough profit that we could buy enough rental properties that by the time I was 40 and Julie was 39, that we could have enough passive income from our rental properties to retire, to live off the cash flow. I'm telling you guys something that I think all of you can relate to, or at least maybe Maybe you, you can relate to it sort of from a, an aspirational perspective. But again, this story is relevant to you as much as it's relevant to uh, me as I tell the story to you. All right, so we were influenced by all these marketers. All these people were putting pressure on us. The conferences were wall to wall. What's your greatest marketing idea? What's your greatest gimmick? What's your greatest this, the other thing? Nobody was talking about profit. There was not a single conversation that ever happened about accumulating wealth or buying more rental properties or anything that we were actually interested in. It was all about spending money. It was all about lifestyle. It was all about branding. This was a bunch of people, and I don't know if they started out this way, who are being influenced basically by the idea that their goal should be to be famous. Now remember, Julie and I started out not giving a rat's ass if we were famous or not. We just we wanted to get into real estate. We wanted to be successful. We wanted to make profit. We wanted to buy rental properties. That was our mission. Then all of a sudden, we're being influenced by these people at our at the time we were 20, 25 years, some of them much older than us. And we're the kids and we look like kids, you know, and we're, they're all like, oh, you guys, now you've done the hard work. Now you need to go do the marketing. Now you need to work on your brand. This is how old and long this, this crap that you guys are being sold. has been around for generations. It's never worked. If your goal is to make profit. All right, so guess what we did? This is the dumb part. We believed them. Who that, why would these, uh, you know, Howard Brenton stars.
1: That we looked up to and were friends with. Totally. You know. And we,
0: now, I mean, they weren't saying, this is my greatest marketing idea. By the way, this is the profit I made from it. And they no. didn't talk about that. <laughs> they talked about, this is my greatest marketing idea. And because of this, I sold 50 more houses. They didn't mention the fact that they spent all the money to generate right. the leads and close the houses and you know, just to sell the additional 50 units. Well,
1: the belief was always more houses would mean more money. Right. It that does. Was the but, assumption. More, but
0: more houses does mean more money, but more houses doesn't mean more not profit.
1: Ex- exactly. It doesn't go up in that ratio. Right. right
0: exactly. It, so basically, they were stuck back in the same paradigm that you and I were stuck with mm-hmm. back when we had the detailing business. Exactly. And so we had had that previous experience and we had learned from a very smart, you know, very generous man that that is not necessarily the path to go on if your goal is to actually produce a profit. And the best bit, so we were done. We followed that advice. And for, like, we always sold more houses. We always generated more money. But it was like our third or fourth year at Julie and I were in the business for about 10 years. We always sold between 100 and 200 houses a year. But I remember sitting in our kitchen um, and I remember our accountant, Fred, sitting down with us to do a tax return. He'd done our taxes back to even when we had the detail business. And he showed, he didn't even point it out. He wasn't even trying to give us advice. He showed us what our net income was when we had made, I think it was like, 550 grand in revenue mm-hmm. and but we didn't been doing all the marketing crap mm-hmm. the postcards and all the things that all these people nowadays sure. think is, is what they should do first yeah. and then he showed he reminded us what of our net was the first year in our business when we it was just Julie and I and we were out doing the real work of real estate and we had no assistance we were just doing the real work of real estate we had actually made more net income that first year than we did in all the years we've been marketing and he also pointed out that we are actually saving not less as a percent but saving less real dollars than what we originally were for the first couple, maybe two and a half years. We were saving less money. We'd moved away from what our original mission was. We had allowed our egos to basically uh, start running the ship uh, versus what we really were in the business to do, which is, you know, obviously we wanted to build wealth so we could accomplish our financial goals. We allowed ourselves to be manipulated by well-meaning people. uh, And you know what? You guys are doing the same thing. And then what happened is Julie and I fast forward. We had the little epiphany. We Guys, we had seven buyer's agents. We had... A moving truck we had three Suburbans all with our branding on it you know how much business we got from that none we never took a single listing from any of that stuff and anyone who says they do take listings from it they're not telling you the truth they might have had someone say I saw your moving truck but also they uh, that same person also received a call from you about listing the house right it always but what the human mind will do is they'll create confirmation bias that the bad marketing idea is the source of the business where really the source of the business was is that you sold the house next door and that agent referred you to that you guys get the point so this is the this is the journey that we've gone so when you are thinking about hiring a coach or listening to somebody uh, understand that Julie and I personally experienced what many of you are experienced, but many of you never have done what we did the first year to have a balance to the bad ideas of the marketing stuff. Many of you come into the business and you're only exposed to the marketing stuff. You never have had the experience of actually generating the business yourself. Generating your business yourself is less stressful, less work, obviously a hell of a lot more profitable, a hell of a lot more enjoyable. It's a lot and more
1: it- predictable too
0: and it was it was after we were in the business about 10 years in the late 90s that we started that's when real estate coaching started to take off and we started having people ask us to be their real estate coach we didn't know what that was at the time sounded like a good idea <laughs> evidently we were good at it cuz here we are today but what we learned from that experience and what we've now learned from having coached realtors for longer than we've actually sold real estate was that what we the the essentially our journey to the truth about how to build a profitable real estate business Um, was something that the industry was not aware of. And why? Who is it that's trying to fool you into believing that you have to buy your business and create all this stuff? The people that are profiting from it. They don't care if you're making profit. They just want you to believe that you have to buy the Mickey Mouse from them. So, you know, Dave Ramsey, ELP, you don't need that.
1: And there'll be a whole bunch of more new licensees to churn it right through that model. So who cares whether it worked for you or not?
0: Exactly. remember the average agent's only in the business for less than uh, two years. And Julie and I think that number's dropped to about 13 or 14 months. It is a painful, horrible, miserable death that most agents follow because they never learn how to actually proactively regenerate. Now, our theory, our business practices, our mindset... Our system has been tested for decades in all different market conditions and all different price ranges with all different agents, all different skill sets. What we're teaching you guys how to do is we're not just, it's a system. You're plugging into a system. When you join our coaching program, we show you prominently how to become powerful listing agents. And when you are... uh, when someone's trying to persuade you to do all these uh, gimmicky things, understand that we are coming from personal experience, but also from the experiences of literally having had tens of thousands of coaching calls with agents over the last 20 years. Tens of thousands. There's nobody else in the industry that has our level of experience. And we do get a lot of agents that are coming off the you know, essentially believing that they could buy their business who now want to learn how to proactively lead generate. Generally speaking, they do come to us yes. when the tides go out.
1: Yeah. A typical uh, entry call would be, I've decided to break up with fill in the blank, usually ZillowRealtor.com, maybe Ramsey for some. I've decided to break up with them. I'm not spending that money anymore. Now, what do I do? I'm scared, you know? And so then we talk about what is their profile because not everybody's spokes on the wheel are the same, Right. Some of them do have, for example, builder relationships. Some of them have worked probate. Some of them have a vast past client and center of influence list. And others of them just got their license yesterday. So that's where good coaching comes in because not every coaching call is the same.
0: No, not every agent is the same. And some agents will not ever do a specific thing if you're you're like we've had agents that will come to us and said tim or julie the second you mention the word for sale by owner (laughs) i'm going to i'm going to get a sniper rifle and i'm going to wait outside in the tall palm trees and and wait for you guys to walk out i'll never do it i'll never never ever ever do it okay fine Okay. What will you do? What will you do? And then we're going to build around their strengths. And a lot of agents have a lot of hidden strengths that they don't even realize that they have, mm-hmm. that no one's you know that they don't even acknowledge as a strength. And we will build around their strengths. By the way, when you come to us, if you're doing something that is uh, that's working for you, that is a passive lead generator, we're not going to tell you to stop. Okay, we're going to help you. That assumes
1: they can prove it's working, it's right. profitable, it's functional, it's predictable and duplicatable. Fine. We might even get you to do more of it.
0: Right. We might. Seriously, you might. Have, and there's agents that we've had that we've, have come to us who we've helped develop uh, postcard campaigns. And you've got to do you know quite a bit of research before you start doing direct mail to know whether or not that market's really going to be receptive to postcards. The number one thing is, is how many other people, I'm just using as an example, how many other agents are actually mailing to that geographic area? You know, is there a dominant number one and number two? agent. And what's the
1: turnover for the area?
0: Exactly. And all this stuff, we're going to help you research. But we might discover, you might discover along with us that you have the perfect market for postcards. And then what we're going to do is help you. We know which postcards work. We know essentially about how to design postcards. We know where to send you to buy postcards. We know how to get them direct mailed. We know how to do all that passive stuff, guys. We really, really do. But we're going to make you absolutely be a proactive lead generator as much as you'll allow us to before you start trying to buy the business. And this is going to be the only way you're going to build a duplicatable, predictable business if your goal is to indeed make profit. And by the way, so Julie and I started out being proactive lead generators, and then we almost we leaned in almost 100% to being passive lead generators. We stopped proactively lead generating. Fred had the little coming to Jesus session with us with our tax returns and our lack of savings, and then we went to then we fired our team. We fired all of our buyers agents. We we sold the Suburbans. We donated the moving truck. That's okay. We, we ended up getting rid of all that marketing expense because it wasn't tra- it wasn't generating any trackable business. And one of the things that Julie and I would do every year is as we teach you guys to do in the real estate treasure map, we would give you a, we had a dry erase board and we would track all the sources of our business. We would not, and we were very good at like when someone would call in or we would have a transaction. Why did you do business with Tim and Julie Harris? We would actually not accept whatever the first answer was that they would give us. We would always ask if there was a secondary, reason. And that's where we almost always found the truth. Say, for example, someone said, I'm going, I'm doing business. uh, I've hired, I'm uh, calling out rather timidly to list my house. Um, and this, this is a survey. It's our seller survey, right? And you get this as part of the coaching program because I saw a bunch of their for sale signs in my neighborhood and a bunch of sold signs in my neighborhood. Or maybe they even received a just sold postcard that we mailed, right? So then what we would do is, and uh, if we weren't doing these our, these uh, surveys ourselves or these prequels ourselves, we had someone on staff that would do them. And then there was a secondary question. Is there an, an, another reason why you called Tim and Julie? And it wasn't until we started asking that secondary question that we started to discover the things that we thought were generating the lead were not actually generating the lead. That's when we'd find out them. they'd say, oh, yeah, well, they sold next door's house. Or, well, it turns out that, you know, there's some sort of other connection that had nothing to do with the paid lead generation. So then what did Julie and I start doing? Painfully, we stopped doing it. We started pulling, and it was a big, like we were panicking too, just like many of you guys are when you're coming to the epiphany that paid lead generation is mostly a gimmick. And so we started pulling it back. We had magazine ads. We had all these different things. We stopped doing them. You know who cared? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we Except
1: we, our savings account, which is also about the time that we started uh, very diligently setting aside at least ten percent from every single check. Again, we started
0: out originally doing that, and then we started buying rental properties again. And guess what, guys? We made our goal. I was forty-one, and Julie's forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, are you still thirty-five? Are we yeah. still telling that story? Well, back
1: then, I was thirty-five and five. So. <laughs> okay, now
0: you're you <laughs> thirty-five right. and fifteen. Yes, <gasps> Did Don't I say tell it? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so we missed our goal of ba- essentially having enough income from our paid-off rental properties uh, by a year. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, it, it all worked but out. But it
1: was a detour. And we share that with you guys so that you know where we're coming from, so you know the history of this, and so that you know that you're not alone. It's just worse for you because there's so many more people throwing stuff at you, emailing you, calling you, prospecting you to, to blow your money on the belief that there's an easy button out there.
0: So as painful as it is for some of you to have lost this relationship with Dave Ramsey, I want you to see this as the greatest gift that you're being given and, and unfortunately, you have to accept even though it's painful, even though it's causing you inconvenience, even though it's gonna it's causing you a lot of it's stress. Forced change. It's for it right. No one likes forced change, right? But this is the biggest and best wake-up call you could ever have. This is one of the best things that's ever happened to you because this should finally spark the frankly, the the drive that you have in, innately in you to become a proactive lead generator and stop being beholden. If this, this wake-up call does not work for you, and if maybe you're not a Dave Ramsey person and you're just watching from the sidelines, and you, this is still a wake-up call for you. This could happen and will happen to you. Oh, Tim, what are you talking about? I am an SEO expert. I do lots of pay-per-click. Well, guess what? Google could change the algorithm. Google could change the rules. Well, I'm doing a bunch of YouTube videos, and your videos have like two views. I mean, how long is that going to actually take? mom doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Your mom watching doesn't count. Why don't you learn to actually stop hiding from the people who have their hands in their air right now in your community who are saying, yes, I'd like to sell my house. Why don't you stop living in this denial that they're there with their hands in their air saying, yes, I want to sell my house. It's not just the for sale by owners or the unrepresented well, owners. It's the expired. Go ahead.
1: NAR came out with a report, what, two weeks ago that said one out of 10 people report that they have already decided to absolutely move this year. So let's think about your past client center of influence list. You know, if you if you're intimidated by things like Visbo's and Expired, some markets don't have tons of them right now. Go to your own database. If you just got licensed and you say, I don't have a database. Yes, you do. It's your contacts and your phone.
0: And so now this is not what you do with what Julie just said. What you do If those of you are thinking, well, I'm going to join a coaching program that's going to basically uh, sell me a bunch of tchotchkes that I'm then going to give away, <laughs> yeah. hoping and praying that my centers of influence and past clients will be so impressed with the tchotchkes that I drop off at their house every month and my pop buys that they're magically going to list my house with me. Okay. Why would you act and think like that? Why don't you just use a script? a conversation outline, that's all a script is, and call them with something of value.
1: Like it, what their house is worth that they don't know about currently. Exactly.
0: Why don't you just pick up the phone? Why don't you skip the middleman of being, you know, a tchotchke deliverer? And why don't you actually, it's a hell of a lot more profitable and it takes a hell of a lot less time than all the, I, I, there's coaching programs out there. Forget Me Not Seeds in April, you know, some sort of other, I mean, you, you're more familiar with all the insanity than I am. Yeah. But why are you doing that? Why don't you just call them? They, oh, I don't want to call people. I don't like calling people. I don't like getting calls myself. okay? Well, do you don't like getting calls from people who are essentially not very good at deliver at bringing you information that you want to have uh, delivered to you if you're calling if you receive a call right now and let's say you have a you know uh, a car and someone says, hey, uh, this is Bob, I sold you your, your Ford F150 and by the way, this is true with what I'm about to tell you. I sold you your Ford F150 two and a half years ago. I don't know if you remember me, but this is not a this is not a good script. But I'm giving you a good example. Now your Ford F one hundred and fifty is actually not just worth what you paid for it, but it's worth a little bit more. So you have an opportunity now to sell your Ford F one hundred and fifty and have lost no value on it. And then, matter of fact, we can put you into a new one. Would you like to pop over? And it's going to see that's something of value. Right, that's something of value that I
1: probably didn't know about.
0: Exactly. And that's what we teach you to do in our coaching program. Practical, tactical, fluff-free stuff that's going to result in you guys being in the business for generations, being in the business and making consistent profit for generations. This is really, I hope, and I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I'm impressed and I'm proud of all the, uh, proud might not be the right word, of the agent's reactions in this Dave Ramsey article on Inman. And they're all basically saying don't buy business. I wonder how many of them actually are proactively generators. Well, I they're going to
1: have to be now. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, this, I, again, Julie, if you, when you get a chance, you should read this article mm-hmm. because it really does emphasize 100% what you and I've been uh, saying for years about the, uh, essentially the Fragility, the fragileness of buying your business. It really, I mean, now the comments have even gotten worse, by the way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to read these yeah. out loud yeah. you It'll guys should read them yourself or I don't want to be distracted but anyway so th- so there it is guys uh, again didn't get to our points we'll get to them probably you know sometime in the future eventually <laughs> Monday right <laughs> and uh, that is a really great outline Julie's written for all of us but I do want to uh, give you guys this information because it should be a wake-up call if it wasn't effect if we weren't effective enough at delivering you the wake-up call over our Thousands of podcasts and our books and our, you know, our coaching program. If that wasn't enough wake up call, now you've got Dave Ramsey basically telling you, in essence, indirectly, exactly what we've always been telling you. Don't be dependent. be independent. Build a business that's predicated on proactive lead generation. This business that's predicated on profit being your primary objective, not on buying business and ego and branding. Anything else you'd like to say? Get guys? to work. Yeah, you it. know,
1: they call it work because it works.
0: If you're looking for some great weekend reading, definitely get Harris Rules, almost 500 five-star reviews on Amazon. How about that? And uh, yes, please do continue to give us the great reviews. We certainly appreciate it. Guys, listen, I, I really do feel like honestly that Julie and I are leading a movement. We're leading a movement back to where agents can actually have businesses they're proud of and that they're profitable. Not these businesses where agents always have to have sleepless nights and real estate night sweats and living in fear of these asinine things that you guys subject yourselves to because you're following bad business systems. I am very excited that real estate is going to get back to or should be getting back to what really matters, which is being of service to other people and building sustainable, long-term, successful, profitable businesses. That's what this business and that's what this industry is. It is the greatest blessing or it can be the greatest curse. You have to decide based on the decisions that you make. So guys, listen, if you need us for anything, text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show on Monday.
1: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching.
0: For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs,